And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! It's Jets Giants week. The NFL's two New York City teams meeting for just the 15th time in the regular season. Is it a rivalry? We will talk about that and a lot more. Tim McMaster here along with our Jets reporter at The Athletic, Zach Rosenblatt. Thanks for checking us out on the Can't Wait podcast. Um, Wherever you're listening, if you're watching live or checking out the audio version, uh, subscribe, give us a thumbs up, five stars, all that stuff helps us out. And for the second straight episode, we have a special guest. Charlotte Carroll is joining us. She is one of our Giants reporters at The Athletics, so she's going to help us get ready for this game. And Charlotte, first of all, thanks for joining us. And I just learned that you and Zach are actually neighbors, which is good. Yes, it's exciting. We've run into each other at the farmer's market. It's a lot of fun. Get to yeah, see a dog, yeah. Zach, is always yeah, you have yet to, yeah, Yeah, I, uh, I, there's this coffee shop I go to almost every day now. I, so I drop, I drop Samantha, my girlfriend, off at the train at the path in the morning. Then I park over at the park and I go to Mod Cup, which is my favorite coffee place uh, in this area. And Wait, you're there every morning too? Yeah, I've been going. I go pretty early. I don't know how early you're up, but um, probably not I, uh, early. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I go at like seven thirty, I would say. Um, but yeah, so when I like every now and then I'll post on Instagram that um, we're there, and then Charlotte's like the first time Charlotte saw this, she's like, "Wait, do you live over here?" And then I ran into <laughs> her in the at the farmers market. Yeah, we love Jersey City Heights. Where, where are you from originally? Because you, you're not from Jersey, right? No, I'm from Chicago. Chicago. Wow. So, how do you like the how do you like the Jersey life? I really like it. I mean, Chicago is always gonna be home for me, but Jersey's a, a good spot. I've moved around quite a bit. So this is only my second year in Jersey. I was in Brooklyn for a little bit. I was up oh, in Connecticut. Nice. So Brooklyn. getting a full tour of the East Coast. That's tough awesome. to do the um covering the Giants from Brooklyn. That's, yeah, yeah. That's no fun. Doesn't Dougie live in New York, right? He lives he, well, yeah. he lives in River River Riverdale, right? I think. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to give away right. addresses, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. he is on this side. You're, you're of, he's on this side, side of the river where I, with me, so he does have to make that trek. Yeah, but yeah, Jersey City, we love. Yes, big fan, big fan. And All right, let's, I ended up here. Let's get into this because I know, Charlotte, you don't have a ton of time, so we want to maximize that and, and preview this game. Then we'll get into other stuff, um, just Jets related after that as part of the podcast. And of course, at the end, we'll do our picks pool as usual. Uh, we have a singular leader, Zach, in the pool right now, so that's exciting. If he not me or you, that that stature, um, it's not me. Um, maybe we'll have him on next week, uh, him or her, because I couldn't tell. But let's get into this because these teams don't play a ton. Sorry about that. Zach, back in if you listen on the audio. All right. Um, these teams don't play a ton, but obviously they meet every year in the, the preseason. Um, the, the quote from Jonathan Franklin Myers yesterday was, I don't give an F about no big brother, little brother. I just want to win. I think that may be true for the players for the most part. But when it comes to the fans, there is some bragging rights here. I mean, they don't play that often. Who cares about the, 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 um, 
preseason game. So there is something special, I think, about this game as far as the fans go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I see it on Twitter because fans, even within my comments on that on that quote, were, there were because I still have some Giants followers from when I covered them. Um, they were fighting in the comments about, um, you know, G- Giants fans act like the G- the Giants needing this game more than the Jets do, and the Jets being like, we don't care about the Giants; they're irrelevant. And, and Giants fans obviously get offended when you say that kind of stuff to them. Um, I think it's gonna be fun. I'm I'm excited to see what the vibe is like on Sunday. I never I haven't covered one of these before. Uh, it, it being a Giants home game and the Jets being on a different sideline is gonna be kind of trippy for me. Um, I'm curious what you think about it, Charlotte. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the crowd looks like. That's what I'm most curious about. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think this is more about the fans than it is the players. Yeah, totally. We were talking a little bit before this that, you know, whoever wins will have some bragging rights, and maybe that's when the trash talk will emerge a little bit more. I do think there's going to be some trash talk on the field between these two teams, especially given what happened in the preseason. Um, But that's not something they're going to, like, oh, outwardly tell us. It's going to be happening in-game. We'll hear about it in the locker room after. Um, but this is definitely more for the players and, and both teams I think can, can use the win. It, it is unfortunate that we won't get another Jihad Ward, Aaron Rodgers interaction. Cause that was like the highlight of hard knocks and like the reaction after that and everything those guys said about each other. And there's I think also we're going to, yeah. we're, we're going to get so much trash talk though around that. I feel yeah, like for sure. And there's the Jalen Hyatt sauce Gardner thing. That was also yes. surfacing. Um, it, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I, and you know, you have some, you have some connection. Leonard Williams obviously knows a lot of people on the jets. Um, Dayball actually was a Jets coach back in the day. He was a quarterbacks coach here for Mangini. So there's there's a lot of ties. I think Sala and Dayball both like each other. I don't think they know each other particularly well, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's and on top of all of that, it, I think it's a pretty important game for different reasons for both teams. The, the Giants kind of need this to turn their season around to a degree because if they lose this game, they're pretty deep in a hole that it's going to be hard to come out of, especially with all their struggles and uh, and the Jets. They have all this goodwill, and I've been saying this all week. It'll evaporate if they lose to the Giants this week. Like any goodwill they built from beating the Eagles, coming out of the bye, you lose to a team that on paper they absolutely should beat. They're the favorite. Um, I think on paper they're a more talented team. There's like you know we're, we'll get into the matchup stuff. Like the Giants do match up well in some areas, but if the Jets lose this, all of a sudden this stretch that's supposed to be very easy. Like if you don't beat the teams that are worse than you, then it's not that easy of a stretch in reality. So it's uh, I think it's a because it's kind of important for both teams, it will bring a little extra juice, I think. Definitely, yeah. No, I think both, it's... both teams <laughs> obviously um, having quarterback situations this year in different ways. Obviously, on this pod, we we've talked we talk about Aaron Rodgers all the time, even though he's not an active part of this team right now. But then you look at what's going on with the Giants. They give all the money to Daniel Jones in the offseason. And then suddenly right now, the fans, I think, would rather see Tyrod Taylor out there after what he did last week against the Redskins. Charlotte, what is the feeling within the coaching staff and, and the organization about the current state of this quarterback and who is going to play Sunday? Yeah, that's a, a really good question that has become kind of a, a weekly thing lately around the Giants is who's going to play quarterback. I think they're going to take it as long as they can into the week um, or up into Sunday, I should say. But it's at this point, it would be Tyrod Taylor. Daniel Jones has not been cleared for contact. He's out at practice like he was last week. It's a very similar situation where he's throwing the ball, he's out there, but he can't take contact. So it's kind of like, all right, this is it's it's Tyrod's show again. Um, but when Daniel Jones is healthy, he is the starting quarterback. That is something that was said by Brian Dable yesterday. Um, regardless of Tyrod's performance against commanders, against the Bills, 
um, this is Daniel Jones's show still. When he comes back, if if that's this week or the following, we'll see. I, I saw Dable was getting a little annoyed by the line of questioning uh, about that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Dable is probably annoyed, and everyone's annoyed of, of the questions <laughs> about his health and and yeah. just like, you know, this is a quarterback you signed over the off season for millions of dollars um it's many it feels millions. pretty many many millions of dollars many more millions than i think i'll probably ever have <laughs> but uh it's, so it's kind of like all right this is our guy this is we brought him back for this while tyrod's very capable very good veteran but he still was like assigned as their backup so i don't think there's any kind of controversy at the moment yeah Tyler is a fan, fan manufactured Taylor's exactly what the Jets needed as a backup I was, I was, like, I was thinking, Aaron sure. I was thinking that <laughs> watching him the last couple of weeks, like he just like makes smart decisions for the most part, and he's pretty mobile. Like he's like a better version of what they're getting from Zach Wilson, essentially. Um, but I will say, it does seem like the Jets' defense is preparing for Tyrod Taylor, just like based on their comments. Like they, I, I asked, I think JFM about what stands out about their offense. He's like, well, we don't know who's going to play quarterback, but then he started like doing his Tyrod scouting report. So I think they're kind of like prepared for Tyrod. Um, I think for me, the bigger question than quarterback, because I think, um, you know, D- Daniel has his issues, but he's very mobile, which Jets have had issues. I think the bigger thing is if Andrew Thomas plays, which you probably agree with Charlotte, right? Yeah, I think that's important. The line has been through so many shifts. I think it's on its sixth yeah. iteration in the last seven games, which is not a recipe for success. It's a recipe for confusion. They're just bringing guys straight off the couch, like Justin Pugh. Um, so there's a lot of chaos there yeah. and it's kind of settled down the last few weeks, but Andrew Thomas and actually John Michael Schmitz are both back out in the practice field for the first time. So that's your starting left tackle. You're starting rookie center. Um, they were practicing yesterday in a limited capacity, kind of see how they're doing, ramp that up. Um, Andrew wasn't doing as much as John Michael. So I have a little less faith that he'll be out this week, but you never know. And I think they're being really careful given that the setback that he had last week yeah, or uh, a couple weeks ago, I should say, excuse me, when he tried to get out too quickly. Let's get into some, that kind of brings us right into matchups. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the key matchups I think is that giants offensive line against this jets defensive line. Uh, we'll talk about like matchups that favor each club, but the giants O line, I think it's 40% pressure rate against on passing attempts, which is not good. And this Jets defensive line obviously is the is one of the real strengths of this entire team. Um, so with if they get a little healthier, Charlotte, is there a way for this Giants offensive line to kind of hold the Jets at bay? And I guess one way you do that though, right, is to to run the ball, which is a giant strength. Yeah, no, I think you saw the offense, and that's been an, a little aspect of this whole like Tyrod versus Daniel thing. There's a lot of nuance to it because you've got Saquon Barkley yeah. back. There's a little bit more stability at the line, and Tyrod's also a more mobile quarterback, and he's not afraid to kind of like get out of the pocket as quickly. I mean, Daniel is as well, but there's a little bit more um, to him. So I think it's just kind of key to to that matchup of you know what can they get out of the pocket quick enough? Can they make the throw? And then using Saquon as well as he gets a little bit healthier as he recovers from his, his high ankle sprain. Um, so a, a guy that the Jets kept talking about, because some, I mean, Connor was the main one asking these questions, but there, there was like trying to like bait the Jets defensive lineman to be like, they're, they're excited about going against this offensive line. That's been bad. And instead of doing that, they like were very complimentary and they, they all were focused on Evan Neal. He was the name they kept bringing up. Um, so I'm curious, like, he obviously had that, the, 
the quotes he had to Daryl Slater, um, friend of mine. He uh, those quotes that blew up about you know flipping burgers and the fans and all that stuff. Like, how has he responded to that? I feel like we haven't heard his name as at least like you know I'm, I don't follow the Giants like day to day like you do. Like, it seems like he hasn't been as exposed as maybe he was to start the season. Like, has he been playing better? Well, part of the problem is he's actually been injured. So oh, he, he's injured. That's right. Yeah, yeah he was out last he didn't, week. Yeah, he didn't play last week. Oh, wow. And he practiced it in a limited capacity uh, yesterday. So that's another kind of one of those, is he going to play this week? I mean, I think they want him out there. He's obviously, you know, he's their starting right tackle. They drafted him high caliber draft pick. Um, as soon as he made those comments, he apologized the next day to media kind of just to get ahead of it. And, and it, he apologized to the night of on social media. So I think he's doing his best to kind of move past that. Obviously, I think the fans, I don't know if they're ever going to move past that in the yeah. way that they, you'd hope. It's going to be if his play can match that, unfortunately. Um, and just timing is, is he's had to deal with this ankle injury. So um, we'll see if he's out there this week or if they kind of keep him out another week. But we'll go from there. Yeah, I, I, I would say just based on all that, like this game is largely going to come down to, I think, whether the Jets D line can feast on that O line or not. Like if the Jets D because as I was just on Talking Giants, uh, which is a popular Giants podcast, obviously. Um I was telling them that like the Jets don't blitz like the Giants do. They rely on their guys up front to like get home. And if they're not getting home, which there has been games where they haven't, like Bryce Huff, I feel like should feast in this game, especially if Andrew Thomas and uh Evan Neal are either banged up or not playing. Like if the Jets D line is not pressuring Tyrod or Daniel Jones, then this is gonna—it's gonna be an issue. But if they are pressuring them, that's why I think the Jets should win this game because their defense is better than the Giants' defense ultimately. And so, if it's a like grind it out, you know, slug it, you know, low-scoring game, I think the Jets, in theory, should have the advantage. I'm either way. I think both defenses could could win this one for the yeah. other. So yeah, I think I mean, we're gonna get a close game. It's not gonna be a high-scoring yeah, yeah. contest. Well we, can, well, we can talk about the flip side now, Tim, if you want, because there's yeah, I was gonna say. Well, and, and yeah. the Giants coming off a fourteen to seven win, I'm sure would love that same type of yeah. game here uh, in this one. But the Giants get to the quarterback too, or they did a lot last week. Uh, they do it differently, right? But and the Jets have a quarterback in Zach Wilson who, you know, handles pressure. Actually, in some ways, when you look at the numbers, handles pressure better than not pressure. But I think that's somewhat deceiving. So how do the Giants try to get to Zach? I think it's an all-out blitz attack again, like we see from from Wink on a, a consistent basis. I'm sure that's what the Jets will be expecting. But Wink does it in a way that's, I don't know, unexpected. You know, he's sending different guys. Dexter Lawrence has to play like the monster. He played last week at a season-high eight pressures you saw a good game from Leo, Kayvon um, also playing better as well. And then Bobby Okereke has also been a monster the last two weeks, kind of this new free agent piece who's just been been really gelling lately with the defense. So I think that's that's critical up front and that the secondary um, plays strongly as well. I think there's another injury component in the, the Giants secondary with Dory Jackson, who missed mm-hmm. last week with an injury. So I'll be curious if he's back this week. I think he practiced in a lim- practiced in a limited capacity as well. Um, but Tay Banks, rookie uh, first round pick corner, has been doing really well um, lately as well. So we'll kind of see. But it, it's all up front in this matchup. Yeah, I, 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 I am worried about how Zach Wilson is going to handle, um, that pr- especially like with how much they blitz. Like if they get to him early, it could be a long day for him. So that's gonna be fascinating. I know you got to get. 
get going. I should say we, we did have you and I did a joint article that came out this morning. Yes. Um, where we kind of like went through all the different categories about the Giants and Jets. But they did leave out, I think, what was both of our favorite section, which we compared the two Trader Joe's and we included our favorite Trader Joe snack. I was actually snacking on just now. Okay, I didn't even see what was it. Everything, was, uh, everything about the bagel uh, nut duo. It's yeah, you've tweeted. That's so healthy. I've tweeted That's... about. It. I have, well, not when you have as much of them as I do. So <laughs> uh, I've got mine's in my closet. It's the I love uh, the yeah. the kettle corn. And I've it's also been a- I've also gotten attached to the uh, there's these like honey honey pretzels that they have that my girlfriend introduced me to. And also the Scandinavian swimmers are my favorite sweet thing from there. It's like their version of Swedish fish. They are fantastic. Um, but anyway, so we have that story out. Is there um, a Trader Joe's in Jersey City? I guess so. No, in Hoboken. Hoboken, Hoboken. Hoboken. yeah. Hoboken. Yeah. Make the pilgrimage to Hoboken. Yeah, you got to drive. Every week. Gotta drive. <laughs> yeah, I drive. I go every week, too. Um, but yeah, before we let you go, just, you know, we have predictions in there. Just like, what, what what's your prediction for how this game goes on Sunday? Yeah, I think I went with 14-13 Giants just because I think if this season has kind of any hope of carrying on in, in a way that they'd like and they don't end up with a top five draft pick, they need this win. Um, and it's not going to be high scoring. And I'll probably look really wrong when it's suddenly like 35 to 30 <laughs> or something. But the Jets ain't scoring uh, 35. Unless the defense is scoring. Yeah, the defense. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a fair point. But the Giants, yeah, yeah after breaking a 220-minute score offensive touchdown, yeah. draft, I, I can't see that from the Giants either. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, yeah, I think I I said like twenty to ten. Um, I I just think the Jets' defense, if they don't come to play, the first quarter has been the biggest issue for the Jets. If they come out and they're slow in the first quarter, then I'm going to be concerned again. But if they can come out and and really you know wreck some havoc on defense and Zach Wilson isn't making mistakes, like I think they could run the ball down their throat with Brees Hall and and win this game. If they lose this game, we're going to be back to apocalypse mode. So um, we'll see. You what and happens. me both. You, one yeah. of us. <laughs> Yeah, one of us will be in a pot. Maybe they tie, and then we don't know what to think. And then they're both in apocalypse mode. That's yeah. a lot. Right, imagine? a tie in the NFL is a loss. You guys oh dealt with a tie God. last year. I've never covered a tie before. Yeah, I didn't really have to deal with that either before. It was a very weird experience, weird. and I, I don't really want to do that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, and that means overtime, and it's a longer day. Like we don't want any of that. Yeah, it's already we're nice and early with the 1 p.m. game. I don't know. I haven't had many 1 p.m. games this year. You guys either. It's been crazy. Last year was all 1 p.m.ers. Yeah, no, it was a beautiful experience getting to get home at a reasonable hour and wake up <laughs> on Monday, not traveling, not like so Best. tired. It was great. It's been a good week for that reason. Definitely. All right. Well, let, let, you got to get to practice. So we'll let you get going. Thank yeah, you so right. much for coming Thank on. Thank you though. so much, Charlotte. Check out Thanks all Charlotte's me. great stuff on The Athletic um, and enjoy the game on Sunday, Charlotte. You guys do. Bye. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, thanks to Charlotte Carroll for joining us for a little insight from the other locker room as we get ready for Jets and Giants. Um, 
The Trader Joe's thing, they cut it out of the article. I, yeah, I started reading space. the article, I got through halfway. I, I, was I think they're going to put it on the blog for the trade deadline because they because they liked it. But yeah, it, was, it, it got pretty long because I was a little more long winded than I should be. Are, are you a Trader Joe's guy? I, don't, I forget if we've talked about this. Well, we used to we used to live on 95th, and there's one on 94th. Oh, yeah, it's, in, in New York, so you need close. one near you. Yeah, it's a little further now, so mm-hmm. we don't really like the Whole Foods is before the Trader Joe's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we usually just go to Whole Foods. They are opening a Whole Foods in Jersey City in November, which is exciting because the, the only grocery it, stores are like are like ShopRite and Stop and Shop and stuff like that right now. So the uh the Wegmans just opened in Manhattan. I saw and that. I have, yeah, people that's are excited. A bit of a trip. It's down in like Aspen, yeah, but I grew up by a Wegmans in South Jersey and I, I loved it. They have great stuff. Oh, it it was best. huge and like their their section of like the like the fret, like the sandwiches and like stuff you could eat like there. Like they have great like eat there stuff. Yeah, chocolate covered peanut butter cups. Michael, Dun- the other Michael Dunn said. By the way, Michael Dunn, we we had a big Michael Dunn discussion the other day, and we saw you weren't in the chat. We were very disappointed by that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now he's on. Unfortunately, Michael Dunn, the other Michael Dunn's on IR. Oh, I know, but like, he true. is expected to be back this season, coming off a so great are, game. So, so are they? Are they the same Michael Dunn? We don't know. Like maybe the other Michael, you know, Michael Dunn was busy from playing. Uh, he wasn't in our chat. He, like maybe they're the same after all. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, th- my first Wegmans experience, I went to Syracuse, and that's like they started in Rochester, so mm. that was like the early goings. But though, just massive. Store. Another good, another good grocery store. I don't even know if there are any around here or not. Sprouts. There we have a Sprouts. In oh, South I've never Jersey. heard of that. Yeah. So you know, big grocery store talk. Who knew we would get into the grocery stores? But. Well, you know, we waited I'm, until mid-show, though, so. It's a relatable topic. Everybody has to go to the grocery store, so you can't get mad at us about this. True, <laughs> true. All right, other Jets news and notes. Let's get into that. Uh, most of this, I feel like, is going to be kind of health-related, uh, playing time-related. Let's start with the most important health-related stuff, which is the secondary. Yes. Uh, Sauce, DJ, Eccles, seems like all on pace to return to action on Sunday. Full participants on Wednesday. Yeah, concussion protocols. So they still haven't technically. Everybody's been freaking about about the protocol thing. They're just steps you have to take, and they needed to be on the practice field to clear one of the hurdles. The fact that they were full participants, I think, puts them in line to play on Sunday, unless for whatever reason, you know, they wake up one day feeling symptoms or whatever. But I, I can't imagine those guys weren't playing. Getting Eccles back is big, and and now you now you're all of a sudden loaded at defensive back because everybody loves Bryce Hall again after. You know, three weeks ago they hated his guts, and then when I suggested maybe they should look and see what they can get value wise for him in trades, everybody uh, was coming for my head. So, um, but they're they're good at defensive back. You know, you got Craig James, who everybody loves now. They have Tay Hayes, who they found off the street on the practice squad. They they have guys they can rely on. So they're loaded at corner. They're getting healthy. Like they have some guys that are banged up right now. Randall Cobb was out of practice yesterday, which I think fans probably aren't upset about, but. Um, uh, Michael Clemens was a full participant. He missed the last game. Um, Dwayne Brown's not coming off IR yet. I, I imagine he probably can soon. It seems like they're, you know, take your time, Dwayne, kind of thing, and seeing how things go, um, which, again, fans are probably happy about because, uh, you know, they grow to hate some guys on this team. But, um, I uh, yeah, they're they're getting healthy, and that's for this stretch. Like, this bye week came at a good time. Um, and we go to this latter half of the season – and you hope guys that are trying to get their sea legs like Dalvin Cook or whatever else will get into like that they, you know, they've gone through their preseason stretch and now everybody's full speed ahead. They the Jets have changed up like their scheduling on Wednesdays in particular. I I forget what the logic was for it. It's annoying for me because it makes my day longer <laughs> selfishly. But so now they're doing like lift in the morning, which they weren't doing before. And then they practice and then they do meetings after practice. So we're we we were there all day yesterday. Um and the Salah's 
thought process is like getting it so everybody has like full energy to the end of the season because I think they felt like they were running low on they they were running on fumes by the end of last year and I don't know if this is going to help ultimately but they're trying everything to make it so their post bye week woes go away because it's been a problem last year they fell apart after the buys you remember so um yeah but yeah getting healthy in the secondary is huge um giants don't have like any receivers that scare me but they do have some speed with like jalen hyde and stuff so having sauce and dj and michael carter the second and and bryce hall and brandon Eccles and the safeties everybody healthy is is huge uh welcome to calem or calem Patton. uh says he's first live stream wow so, welcome thanks for joining us man we appreciate it um you mentioned randall cobb and that injury brings up some some thoughts. One, like obviously we've talked plenty about Xavier Gibson playing more, taking more of Randall Cobb's um, snaps. That becomes obvious if Cobb's not playing, that Gibson would play more. But what about the other guys? Like, does this mean something for, for Jason Brownlee or Charles? Yeah, I mean, at the very least, I would think Brownlee would be active on game day. Um, Irv Charles already is because he's low-key become like their best gunner now that Justin Hardy's out for a little while. Um, which something we haven't really talked about. It was, that is a big loss because he was a Pro Bowl guy, but he, yeah. he's on he's on IR. And Irv Charles has made plays in back to back weeks on uh, coverage. So, uh, but yeah, I, I I know they've they've always been fond of Irv, and, and he's got good size. I don't know skill wise. I don't know if him or Brownlee necessarily can play the slot. So what you know, if one of those guys emerged, what it would allow you to do is put them on the outside and let Garrett Wilson kind of move around the formation a little bit. Uh, you know, you have these guys on the roster. They could have signed other receivers and they chose instead to to go with these guys. So at some point you need to see what they have because, you know, as we've talked about the, the receiver room, all of a sudden really, really lacking for depth and guys who have proven anything. You, all you have is Alan Lazard and, and Garrett Wilson that you can trust. Cause I don't think Randall Cobb has anything left at this point, as we've talked about anyway, even if he plays. So, you know, see what you have in Gibson, especially because as we've talked about as much as they're saying, like, you know, it's because he emerged, like he, still hasn't been a part of this offense really right like they they've played him but he hasn't really been a part of it i don't know how much he's even like done as a slot receiver so they you know if you if you're if this coaching staff really believes in xavier then start giving the ball start manufacturing touches for him see what you have there and if not the trade deadlines on tuesday there's receivers out there that are available i think they should go and get one i don't have a good answer for who that should be i think there are some you know terrace marshall's intriguing he hasn't really done much in the nfl i've said darnell mooney i don't know if the bears are trying to trade him Hunter Renfro has been a popular one. I guess if Randall Cobb is out and, you know, Gibson hasn't shown enough, then maybe Renfro, I think he's gotten a little, the hype's gotten a little out of steam from Jets fans. He hasn't really done much these last two years, and I'm sure some of that is play calling, and he has been productive in the past. Like I said, if you can just trade Carl Lawson for him, then I'm sure do it. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, I saw somebody say this on Twitter. I forget, maybe it was Buffalo Jets fan. He's a very active Twitter guy. But, I, um, like, on third down – when you need to go and get a first down, like who are they going to? Cause the defense is going to, they're tr- going to try and clog Garrett Wilson that you can put two guys on him. You get an, the, this number two corner on Alan Lazard. And and then who, who else is there to like make a I feel play like Conklin is like yeah, the only Conklin guy is like the guy play, yeah. that they've gone to a lot and he's had a good year, but like receiver wise, there's not like, they don't really have anyone that's proven and capable of like making the plays when you need them kind of thing. And if Garrett Wilson goes down, who is making those plays? And that's the worst case scenario, obviously. So I am concerned about the receiver room. They have started to feed Garrett the ball more, which we were calling for, obviously. And the fans were like, just feed him the ball. I think he had over 10 t- targets this last game. Keep doing that uh, and you'll go a long way. But yeah, I, 
this receiver room, you know, as we as we talked about when it had McCall Hardman and Corey Davis and before we knew who Xavier Gibson was, we were talking about the depth and Randall Cobb was going to be the sixth receiver or whatever. And now he's played every snap or what, not every snap, but it feels like it um, and has done nothing with them. So yeah, I don't know. They, this offense is not very explosive. So again, this week should be the week where they're really seeing what they have in Xavier Gibson and you shouldn't base everything on one week, but if, if, if they play him a lot and he doesn't show anything or he makes mistakes or whatever, like they should bring a veteran in of some sort, whether it's a free agent or um, in a trade. Like they, It's not that hard to find receivers in the NFL, I don't think. You have to, you have to at least cover yourself for another injury. Like Exactly. You have to have at least that much depth, which means they got to add somebody from somewhere. Um, we'll see how that plays out. Speaking of the trade deadline, um, CJ Uzama, because we've, we've talked about you know yeah. Conklin and what he can do, and and obviously Zama's been become kind of like number three in that mix. Is there any world where they send him away? Yeah, I've been asked that specifically by a couple athletic reporters because everybody's working on their trade deadline story. So I've had people ask like CJ Zama, somebody they would trade. I I'm like fifty fifty on it. I I don't think they would. They're actively looking to move him because you know they they play a lot of two tight ends, a lot of twelve personnel, largely. Like if Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback, maybe it'd be a little different. Um, so they they kind of need a third tight end that they trust. Um, but he is his salary is you know a little higher for a guy who's just a blocking tight end. I think ultimately you can look at that signing as a not a great one. Um, they were trying to go all in on the tight end position last year and find the right guy, and they found Conklin and Ruckert, who I think are both pretty good players. I think if a team called and offered them something that was you know interesting, I don't know fourth round pick, whatever it is. I think they would they wouldn't hang up the phone, but I I don't I don't know that they're actively shopping CJ. Um, and he is like a leader on this team, like you saw him making that Hackett speech before the Broncos game. I don't think the Jets are looking to sell off parts necessarily. Big big theater guy, obviously. Yeah, big theater guy. He's Aaron Rodgers' his Broadway buddy. Um, so you know I I don't if I'm predicting I don't think CJ is one of the guys that gets traded. It it wouldn't shock me because you know I do think they want to get Rucker on the field more and he should play more. But yeah, like I said, they're playing two tight ends a lot. Sometimes they play three tight ends. Kenny Oboa is still on IR, and do they trust him enough for something like that? I don't know. So I don't envision it happening. But if there's a tight end desperate team, you know what? One of the guys that reached out is Daniel Popper, who covers the Chargers. He said they're kind of desperate for a blocking tight end. Like if they're really desperate, then if you can milk something out of that, whether it's a player or a pick, like absolutely try and either get somebody that contribute now or get some more assets for next year because they don't have all their picks next year. So I. I that, that's what it would take. It would take like a fourth or a fifth, whatever it is. I don't know. And I don't know what, what value a guy who doesn't really do much as a pass catcher really brings, but some teams need blocking tight ends. So uh, yeah, Lou Giordano said uh, in the chat, Uzama strikes more as an off season departure. I think, yeah, he's probably destined to get cut this off season for cap savings. I would say. Running back. Um, Robert Sala was asked this week about Izzy. Abanaconda and you know basically why you know why isn't he playing what's going on where is he all in the path of as a young guy getting up to, to NFL level and I think he said what we kind of expected right which is he's not quite there on protection which is always the case with rookie running backs um, and they're not really happy with where he is with special teams either so he's not like gonna get get action there um, which all makes sense except Dalvin Cook has still shown nothing yeah, Salah kind of went with the line that he thought he looked as good as he has against the Eagles, and 
you know, in my head, like I do as good as he has is an interesting way. But also like, if you look at the, he had like four yards, I got, (laughs) I don't know. I, I get the idea. Like the the big thing that Robert said about Dalvin was he felt like, you know, again, they say it after the fact they were not saying it before the fact they thought he could be full steam ahead when they signed him. And now after the fact, they're like, well, that was his preseason, those first six games. Um, So I think there is something to that. Um, I also think he's not the same player he was. And even if he's got his legs under him, if he can be better than he's been and you can have like, you know, a reliable veteran backup who can, you know, be good in pass protection, then sure. I'm okay with it. They did pay a lot pay him to be more than that. I think ultimately Brees being more ready than I think anybody expected has kind of saved them a bit because I think the plan was to lean on Dalvin quite a bit. And instead they've leaned on Brees and we get to the buy and Brees is already getting a full workload of 20 carries a game and all that stuff. So I, Brees has kind of changed the formula, which is a great thing. And I think that's why you've seen Diana Rossini, I think was the first to report that the Jets um, were willing to trade Dalvin Cook. I don't know how much interest there would be. Maybe there's a running back desperate team somewhere. But ultimately, I think that was a bad signing. Just be- At the time, I think I thought it made sense. Money-wise, maybe gave him a little too much. Ultimately, it's not going to kill them. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, there's not much more we can say about uh, Dalvin. Yeah, he... As Michael Dunn said, he seems to have a burst that takes him a line of scrimmage and no further. It's very odd. And it, it really doesn't seem like it like I don't know. The way he runs, it doesn't look like he's even considering the possibility he might break free. Like it just seems like he's putting his head down and like I'm just gonna get five yards here. Um, which, you know, there's maybe there's some value in that for a short yardage back, but there's just no explosion. Um and, and that's kind of like goes back to why it doesn't make sense to me why they're not playing Izzy. And I've heard people say, like, maybe you don't bench Dalvin for Izzy, but Michael Carter uh maybe makes more sense to bench for Izzy because Michael Carter I think he's been their third down back he's had some brutal drops and I he hasn't really brought much as a runner we've talked about this a lot but he just hasn't shown what he did as a rookie I don't know what happened there maybe he's hurt or it's a confidence thing I don't know but I I think is I get the special teams thing and I get the um protection thing but I keep I'll keep saying this I've been interviewed a few times this week like they have not made plays on offense they're not scoring so get guys that can score anytime they touch the ball, like Izzy. Like if Brees isn't in the game, then have somebody else in there that's a threat. When 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 you put Dalvin Cook in the game, the other team knows he's probably going to get the ball because he doesn't really contribute much as a pass catcher either. Like and and the defense isn't really scared of Dalvin Cook when he's running the ball right now. So Izzy Abanaconda, you know, maybe it'll be you know either a home run or a strikeout, but I think you take that. And so I I think Izzy should be playing. At least, like you know, work him into the offense, get him a few snaps a game. It doesn't have to be a lot. I just, I think he should be, he should be on the active roster. And it doesn't sound like he's going to be yet. They're making him earn it, and I get that. But the Jets seem to do this every year with young guys. They always wait too long, and then the guy comes out and he has a big play, and it's like, why did we wait this long? <laughs> um, you wish they would get ahead of it instead of behind it for once. Same thing with Avery Gibson. Like they're finally deciding to go to him. I saw it last year. There was like. You know, some games where Garrett Wilson was not getting the ball early in the season. It took them a little bit to feature Brees Hall, like different offensive coordinator, but like get your best playmakers the ball in space and see what they can do. Cause this offense has been the, one of the least explosive in the league. Um, and, and they have, and are bad in the red zone. And I just, I don't know. I, I don't get the reticence to you. I mean, I get their reasoning, but I just, I say, so what? Like put them out there and see what happens. If they traded Cook, it'd be fascinating that they would sign Hardman and Cook going yeah. into the season and then trade like two of their key free agent signings, right? For, trade tra- and also line. trading away skill position guys for like an yeah. offense that's scoring like 
17 points a game or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. Should we talk uh, picks? Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Did you make picks for this weekend? Oh, I, actually, that's a, I, I'll do them as we're talking. Yeah, do actually. it on the fly. <laughs> all right, let's take a look at the standings first of all. Here is a look at where we're at. Jimbo Brennan alone in front with 52 total points out of 90 picks. So 57.78, the percentage on that nice job by him. Um, and it's tight behind him though. Five people tied with 51 total points. Um, if we take a look at just last week, if I can get to it here. Some, some weird matchups this week. Dan B. Eight last week for the uh, the sole winner um, of week Damn seven. Potter, wow. Yep. All right. So let's get into the picks for this week. Uh, mine are up here, which I don't feel great about them, but this is what <laughs> we're doing. Um, so as we go, Zach, do you just want to zip through and give your picks as we fly here? Uh, why don't you give like your your ones that you're passionate about, and then I'll circle back since I'm just you know since I'm a great uh, great guy doing them right now. I don't know if I'm passionate about anything. Um, <laughs> I know there's a lot of that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of like weird games this week. Yeah, like the first one there, right? Like the I just feel like the Bills. It's been weird. It's been a, a bit of a struggle, and they're due to just break out 
and uh, get back to where they were, right? Because they lost game one to the Jets. And then for a couple of weeks, they looked like a Super Bowl team. And then it's been eh since then. So I feel like they're going to get back to that. I don't think the Bucs are really that good. Uh, It's on the road. So I think the Bills get healthy and win handily. Nine and a half is a big spread, obviously. Um, And then going back through, I have the Jets. Um, You said... What did you say? 20, 20 to 10? 20 to 10 is what I had. I was yeah. actually thinking like 21, 13. So right in that same yeah. boat, but, but the two and a half point spread. So um, I think the jets win that one. I don't, I don't think it's pretty. I think it's ugly. I think maybe the defense gets a touchdown um, and, and it's enough to get them through. Uh, the other one I'll go with as far as talking points, I think Carolina gets off the schneid. I, I did that too. Yeah. I think that and everybody's I mean, all, all got, hot on the, on the Texans. A lot of times when all the hype train right? going is when like, the weirdest games happen yeah because the way i look at it is the way the the texans i think at their core are not a good football team they've played well they've been surprising they've gotten to three and three but i think it's a it's a window for carolina who's going to win one somewhere and i think at home they win if they don't win they at least hang tight in the three and a half i think is enough for me to me to go with them so those are my three yeah so the ones that jumped out, there's no real was, great game, right? No, like there, there really these... isn't, especially with there's some injury, like some of these teams, these games would be better if not for injuries. Like I've the Bengals 49ers one. It is the Sam Darnold yeah. return. It sounds like, cause Brock Purdy has a concussion. Um, yeah, I took so the Bengals. So my, I took the Bengals I took too. Bad, so it yeah. seems like we're pretty similar, but so my <laughs> gut, my gut says that because it's a former jet, you know, getting his time to shine that he's going to like go off and jets fans will lose their mind. But I did pick the Bengals. I think Jets like, fans would be happy to see. Yeah, they, they do. I think. Game. Yeah, I think Jets fans do. Kind Let of us like know that. in the in the chat right now. Like, what do people How would you think? Feel, yeah. Like, you want to see Sam Darnold have a nice game, right? Yeah, yeah, and it just it's like such a perfect situation for him in San Francisco, and you'll really see what Shanahan's made of. But it does seem like the Bengals are finally getting into a groove after they look terrible to start the season. Uh, Joe Burrow being healthy, I, I will say, I have my eye on. The, I, I know I was listening to Bill Simmons podcast, and they were, they've been talking about how like whoever. Whoever's been getting the most hype one week, like, you know, where it's the Dolphins one week saying everybody they're the best, the greatest show on turf or, you know, the Bills or, you know, there's or the 49ers. Like every every week you think, OK, this is the clear Super Bowl contender. The next week that team loses to like some team that they should not lose to. And so I have my eye on that Cardinals Ravens. You picked the Cardinals. So you kind of were thinking the same thing. Um, or you do it with the spread, obviously. But uh, yeah, like the, the Cardinals Ravens, the Ravens were dominant last week. Um, I forget who they played. They played somebody good. And so I have my eye on that game. Um, Steelers Jaguars game. Those are two teams that like, um, they like have been like very up and down. The Steelers do seem like they're starting to figure it out a little bit. So I I picked the Steelers in that one. I picked the Jets, obviously. Um, Oh, you picked the Patriots. You're picking a lot of upsets, huh? It's a big spread. I don't think the Patriots win. Fair. They lose. I think they lose that game. And the Dolphins are banged up. And I think Tyreek Hill might not even play, actually. The Patriots showed some like, spirit last week you know what i mean like yeah i thought they were just gonna roll kind of roll over but they you know they get a win over a very good team um to get their second one of the year belichick's 300 so i think they just i think they get back to where they were early in the year where they were losing games but they were all close because the defense is pretty good and i think they do that with the with the dolphins and and i want to bring up the saints because i think i kind of to a degree i started this discussion a week ago um where it became clear that Derek Carr maybe isn't a good quarterback anymore. Um, yeah. And last week I tweeted about how, like, you know, I, I admit that I was wrong for at one point in my life saying the Jets should absolutely sign Derek Carr. 
Um, and then I took it a step further a couple of days ago. So I, I have some friends in New Orleans and I'm in a group with them. And one, and one of them uh, texted the group that like, because I, I made a joke about how I was covering the Giants and Jets game or something. And uh, and he's like, at this point, I'd rather Zach Wilson than Derek Carr. And I tweeted that. Or I'm like, it's not like the most insane thing, which is crazy to think about. Because Derek, Derek Carr is getting a lot of money. It seems like, you know, yelling at his teammates on the sideline. Um, he hasn't looked good at all. And I don't know. I I think the idea that was that if he had a good defense and a good offensive line, that he would be like, you know, at the very least, like a top 15 quarterback. And they have a good, pretty good offensive line and a pretty good defense. And it has not been the case. So um, I don't know. I was wrong about that. A lot of fans were. So I'm not like alone. Like a lot of fans responded to that weirdly being like, it wasn't like you're an idiot. They're like, yeah, we all were wrong. <laughs> yeah, I was the same thing. I, th- I thought Rogers was too risky for two reasons. One, what if he just doesn't sign with you? Right. Yeah. Which was possible when Carr signed early. And then two, he could, he's old and that played out. I think, I think at halftime of Monday night football week one, we were probably even more heavily on the, we sh- they should have signed Derek Carr bandwagon. So, yeah, but here we are. Um, we should play a game next week based on, I think we got to give Zach one more game against a not great defense, especially a team that's going to blitz him a lot, but we could play a game next week on the pod where we compare Zach to the other 31 starters. Mm, just like run where through it. I like that, he, yeah. He currently is, because I think going into the year, he was a solid 32. Yeah, I, I like that exercise, because there's a there's the Ringer uh, Fantasy Football Show. They A lot of times they do a thing where, they, where they're talking about a certain guy, and they're like, all right, would you rather, would you rather have... And they compare him to like various guys to see where he like stacks up on the rankings. And you're like, so would you rather him or him? Him or him? And I think... Yeah, let's do yeah. that. Yeah, because there, there are a lot of bad quarterbacks in the NFL right now. So. And that's the thing is, yeah. I don't know if Zach has risen up the charts as much as like a bunch of people have fallen behind him. Maybe. Yeah, but I mean uh, that. I mean, speed. he was he was pro- people probably would have put him thirty second if you had said going into the season he was the starter. So yeah, I would have. I mean, even like Jimmy I mean, G, he was last year. He was thirty two like, last year. Even like uh, Jimmy G um, uh, has not looked very good either. So um, and he's yeah. hurt. Yeah. There you go. He's always hurt. All right. Anything else? Nope. I think that's all. All right. It's going to be a fun one. I think uh, one, one o'clock game jets giants, a real chance for the jets to get to four and three. And at that point you feel like, okay, the season is on track, I guess. And the possibility there in the distance of an Aaron Rodgers return. So, but a loss and it goes the other way. Either way, we'll be back early next week to uh, to recap the game and we'll get into what we just talked about, where Zach Wilson kind of stacks up right now amongst the other quarterbacks in the NFL. Thank you everyone for tuning in, whether you're doing it live or listening to us later on the Can't Wait podcast. <laughs>